Welcome to the Tin Shed Podcast. I am your host. Uh, uh, yeah, okay, fuck it, I'm here. I'm your host, Aaron McDonald. Just some guy. Uh, first things first, I am indoors tonight. Uh, it's Monday, February 29th. And it is very windy out. And when I first went out into the shed, it was pretty windy. Well, like I already said, it was windy. But uh, it was it was pretty rattly. Like the name says, it's a tin shed. And uh, I didn't want to put it off another night, so I took the podcast indoors. It wasn't a big deal. All I did was take in my recorder back into the house and made sure I shut the door and turned the lights off in the shed when I came out of it. So, yeah. So it's Tin Shed Podcast only by name tonight. Uh, Anybody watch UFC over the weekend in England? What the fuck Anderson Silva? He just... I don't care if it's a spoiler alert or not. You're not going to win a fight flailing your arms in front of your opponent hoping to get them to punch you over and over again. And just for Michael Bisbing to just slowly pick away at Anderson for most of the fight. uh, It was Michael Bisbing won but he didn't beat Anderson Silva. Anderson Silva just didn't show up. He didn't fight. He didn't like Anderson Silva beat, beat himself. And uh, I don't want to take anything away from what Michael Bisbing did. Because, like I said earlier, I'm just some guy. I'm not a fighter. And uh, it was. He did He did do really well. But Anderson Silva, just he didn't fight. He just he just didn't engage. Um, the few shots that he did, he, he did a lot of damage. Uh, at the end of round three, he pretty much, I thought... At the end of round three, if Anderson Silva didn't celebrate thinking that he had won the fight because he dropped Michael Bisbing at the end of the round with a knee, a really hard knee too, uh, it gave a lot of time for the referee to, to get control. And by the time he did, Michael Bisbing had a lot of time to recover. And, but even still, coming into round four, Bisbing was wobbly. He he wasn't he wasn't normal. He was you could tell he was he was visibly he was hurt. Silva didn't engage, and Bisbing picked him apart and won the round. And then there was a little bit of urgency towards the end of round five, and and Silva did pick it up, and he he did win that round. Um, but I had I had Bisbing winning rounds one, two, and four. Arguably three, but just that one knee, it, it seemed like, yeah, so I'd give that one. I'd give three and five to Silva. But it, it was weird seeing somebody that is hidden held in such high regard as Anderson Silva not being able to change his game play, his game plan, when, when Bisbing didn't fall for it. Like, Anderson Silva beats people mentally before they get in. So people will just end up charging in and walk into punches that knock you out. 
after seeing Anderson lose twice to Chris, Chris Weidman, well, it's, he didn't seem so invincible anymore. And I don't know, I kind of got the impression that Silva thought he was invincible. And uh, it didn't really do him all that well. But, uh, yeah, who knows what goes on in their heads. The psyche of an athlete would be a, a, it'd be a mystery to most of us because most of us don't compete on, on their level. And uh, I didn't mean to call myself an athlete either. I don't think I did. But uh, it was, yeah, it was, it was, he was looking for a, a one-punch knockout. It was more than obvious, like, because he was just setting himself up, and he was one big swing, and over and over and over again, and you see fighters that, that are so good, like, talented, you'd think that you'd be able to adapt your game plan. Like, we've seen Anderson Silva come in at people before, and, and he just, he does really well at that, but for some reason, I don't know, and, I don't know, maybe it is a psychological thing where... Really, okay, now it's... Well, up until the Nick Diaz fight, he lost two in a row. And who knows what goes on. It's Anderson Silva. He's had weird fights before. Um, all in all, I think he got tied up in the fact that Bisbing wasn't falling into his, into his trap and he didn't know what to do. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. Like, and now Silva wants a rematch, I guess, or his camp wants a rematch. And, uh... I think it would be the same thing, pretty much. Like he didn't, he he didn't look as quick and as sharp as what he normally did, as what he normally did. It like Bisbing was sharp. His boxing was really crisp. It was great. Probably was one of his better fights. And I don't know. Maybe it, to me, it just looked like Silva wasn't motivated to fight, and which is strange because I shouldn't say it's strange. When he did decide to engage, he was clearly the better fighter. But, who knows. Hopefully, maybe there will be a rematch. I don't know, they're calling for one. Silva wants to have a rematch in Brazil and then a fi final match in Las Vegas. So, I don't know. It's hard to say. We'll see. I'm not really sure if I'm interested in a, in a fight like that. Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd honestly like to see Biz being fight for a title. He's been around long enough. Sure as hell deserved it. And, uh, that's enough of MMA. I know a lot of people aren't interested into it, into it in MMA. So uh, we'll move along to everyday life and things that everybody else can relate to. Yeah. Uh, over the weekend, two out of three dogs of our dogs have learned to catch dog biscuits out of the air, which is pretty cool. Seeing them, uh, it was the girl dog, the girl pup. I call her a pup, but she's almost two. She just doesn't seem that bright. But if food gets thrown into the mix, this dog turns into an Einstein. She clues in just, just like that. Everything is just so quick. It took maybe two tosses of the dog biscuit for her to clue in that she can reach out of the air and grab it. And then the other guy seen her doing it, and he clued in pretty quick, too. But the mother, <laughs> the mother, she's, she's funny. She just didn't, she 
She just doesn't catch on to it. So, uh, it's, it's funny, you, you toss it at her, at the mother, and she lets the biscuit just smack her in the face, and it falls down on the floor, and then she, she picks it up and eats it. But, like, she knows it's coming. Because, like, you ever see a dog when they see something coming and they're doing the, the quick little eye blink? That's what she's doing. And this biscuit will hit her in the face and it'll fall down. And uh, it's, uh... I think that, that the mother might be part cat. And that she just won't do stupid human tricks. She just doesn't... Lucy just doesn't seem to want any part of the human tricks. But like I said earlier, her kids, they just catch on to everything. Right away. As soon as food is the motivator, they're into it. Like, and the mom, like Lucy, she's not stupid by any means. It's, uh, but she says, sees her trick, her kids doing these tricks. And I say tricks, it's not like crazy tricks where they're doing backflips or shit like that. Like, you're sitting, sitting pretty, you're grabbing a biscuit out of the air. It's, uh, she just gets this look on her face, it's like, Bring me the snacks. No. You've seen this trick twice now. There's no need of this. You're wasting my time and yours. Just give me the treat. Now you may rub my belly. And that's it with her. She just... Yeah, she's a just weird. She does. She ain't doing no human tricks. No cute little tricks. Anyway, not Lucy. And after that, after seeing how... Lucy has like a, like, almost like a cat, made me think of like a cat, she won't do tricks. I've also come to the conclusion that our cat has a catnip problem. You want to know how I know it's a problem? Do you ever see a cat beg? Hmm? What about sit pretty? Hmm? Cat doing cute little tricks. Looking all nice. Doing things for that little sweet, precious kitty dank. But as soon as that hand starts getting close, the little catnip junkie's true form comes out. She jumps up and grabs you by the wrist. <laughs> you all know what I'm talking about, too, if you have a cat with catnip. They got the arms around you, the front paws, and they're biting you. So you just set it down, and then they start doing their thing. Like they're they got their face in that, they're purring, their skin's twitching. Like they're just tweaking. They're they got my cat's got a problem with catnip. She changes. Like it's yeah, and it's also another thing that changes about her. It's a good twenty minutes when she gets that dank into her that the dogs can't go near her. Like <laughs> just. The tails have turned when she's on the dank. She becomes a lion on that shit. Which is funny because usually when she went as normal, all the dogs just, they'll grab the cat and they'll chew on her and she'll do her little bunny kick to them, but nothing hard. But once the catnip comes into play, the dogs don't want nothing to do with it. Here's some more random shit that has nothing to do with what I was just talking about. Um, I always find this type of stuff interesting, especially when it has to do with our, with our personal rights. Um, 
Yeah, because it seems like it's an important thing. More so than ever. It just seems like uh, the stuff is under attack a lot lately. But uh, in Quebec, there's a, a comedian who was in front of a, a Quebec uh, a human rights tribunal. I was going to say Quebec human rights tribunal. But obviously it's a Quebec human rights tribunal if he's in Quebec. Uh, I posted the link about this. This dude, he made a joke about a kid. And he's got some disfigure. He's got some condition that made him disfigured. Like there's some of his his face bones don't grow at the same rate as his skin, or I don't know what the fuck, treacherers or trait treachers or some type of sin syndrome. Trencher Collins syndrome, I think it's called. The kid's name is uh, Jeremy Gabriel. That's what his name is. But uh, yeah. This kid before, uh, performed in front of the Pope, uh, Pope the guy that, the, the Pope that quit, the, uh, uh, fuck, 2006, Pope Benedict. And, uh, this comedian made a joke about him being disfigured, saying something along the line, made jokes about him drowning and shit like that. Anyway, after the joke, the kid says he was harassed about it at school. And just problems, like, all kinds of stuff. I feel bad for the kid. Look, nobody deserves any shit like that. Like, everybody deserves to be able to go on and just live their life normal. Right? And just being able to do your thing. But, but when you can become a, a public figure, you're fair game. Like, whether your intentions are all good. Like this kid. Um, I don't know if, it, if Treasurer's Collins... Whatever fucking syndrome it is. I don't know if it's um, terminal or anything like that, but still, if you become a public figure, you're fair game. Same as anybody else. If you're famous or celebrity, mid-level, whatever. You're, you're, yeah, you're fair game. And I watched the comedian's bit. Uh, his name's Michael Ward. I watched some of them on, on YouTube. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's known for being crude, so he's one of these guys that say things to get shock. Shock value for his comedy. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of expected of him to say shit like that. So it's, to me, it's, there's one important thing about all this that just seems to be overlooked. And this is just all from the couple of articles that I read. I'm not an expert on this or anything like that. But... The kid was born with a terrible condition that leaves him disfigured. He puts up with all the with the, all the shit that comes with that. And I'm not saying that it's not right. And it isn't right. But still, fucking people stare. People make whispers and shit like that. Like, oh my god, what's wrong, what's wrong? What happened to him? Oh my god. Yeah, I'm going to hell for whispering about this kid. No, it's terrible. It's terrible. But anyway. Um, this kid put up with that shit for the first nine years of his life. He gets, he goes, the kid can sing. He couldn't hear up until he was six. And that was another joke the comedian made about his hearing aid. He called it a subwoofer. <laughs> it's mean, but it's, it's, come on. It's funny. But, uh, yeah, he couldn't hear up until he was like six years old. Anyway, when he learned, when learns to hear, or he's able to hear, he ends up, this kid got a good fucking voice. 
So he goes, sings in front of Paul. And uh, he's on talk shows and all this shit. True story of inspiration, this kid. Which is good. Like, I, like, I don't mean it nonchalantly or anything like that. The kid did more at nine than I will my whole life. So all that shit that that kid went through. All the adversity. Being born with some terrible condition. One joke. About the kid dying and everything falls apart for him. I, I might sound mean when I say this, but I'm calling bullshit on this one. I do, I gotta say it. Like I said, without knowing anything except for what I read from a couple of articles online, like, I'm just calling, I'm calling bullshit. I think it's his parents pushing it. I honestly, I do. Because, just from what this kid has gone through, like, just from seeing it, the kid's gotta be, he's, I keep calling him a kid, he's 19 years old. Yeah, yeah, fuck it, he's still a kid. He's gotta be fucking tough. He's gotta have a lot of hurt. Just to, just to do it. Like, come on. The, the parents and the kid are also suing this guy. Which is, to me, is... You can't blame a comedian making a joke. Whether it's in bad taste or not. We all got a right to be an asshole. Same way as we got a right to... To complain about somebody being an asshole. But you shouldn't... Taking him in front of a human rights tribunal over something like that exercising his right to free speech. Like, yeah, it was in bad taste, but... Come on. Come on. The way I see it is that being equal means being equal. Like, you can't have just the best parts of being equal where we're all the same and we all have a right to be treated the same. Like, you gotta be able to accept that, hey, I'm being treated equal, somebody might make fun of me. Right? That's the bad, that's, that's the downside to being treated equal in a free society. You might get made fun of. But that doesn't stop him from making fun of Michael Ward. Like, why, why couldn't this kid say that Michael Ward has a warty dick? Pope Benedict told me, I sang for him, that's what he told me afterwards. Why not? Why not something like that? Why can't that kid say something gross? Or something totally inappropriate? Why take the high road, kid? Say something nasty. Say something Say, my Michael Ward's wife told me that he has a little dicky. And he uses a little pump to get it up for him. Doesn't have to be true to be funny. Like, I don't think... A joke about Gabriel, about this Jeremy Gabriel kid, made people around him insensitive assholes. They probably already were. Okay? Like, a joke about somebody famous or somebody that is in public eye is one thing, but when they're in a regular setting as a human, you just shouldn't be doing that. Like, I got it. Like, I also doubt that whoever went to this show or seen the show on TV. After the show, went to the store, driving down the road. They see a, see a handicapped person pulling into a handicapped spot. And they race them into it. And they get out of the car. And they say, Ah, fuck you! The comedian on TV said you should die! You don't get a spot! No. Come on, we got... 
people have more common sense than that. Like, wow, I sound like I'm growing a handicap or a person with a disability. And really, I'm not. I, well, you know what? Fuck it, I am. Kind of. Just a little bit. It's the... It's the premise that somebody says something that is hurtful to you. That you have the right to stop them from saying it. And also to sue them for it. Like, it... Like, it's a... I don't think we copy what we see on TV that much. Some shit, yeah, but for the most part, nah. We're not going to go out and do shit like that to handicap people just because somebody said it on TV. Like, the article was saying, like, this kid, the harassing and stuff that he was getting at school. That's, like, how come nothing, was anything said to the school administrators? Like, this is in the, in the 2000s where this kid is in school. I'm, I'm pretty sure where... There's policies in place to protect kids from shit like this happening to them. Nothing like that was mentioned in the article, so... But, realistically, the way I see it is... Wouldn't the school be responsible for... Not stopping that behavior when it first turned up? Hmm? Like... Normal parents would have gone to the school first. Complaining about it. Not wait for years down the road to sue the kid when, sue the guy when he's out. Have him in front of the Human Rights Tribunal. I guess what I really mean is, shouldn't we be focusing on the people doing the harassing instead of the fucking joke that apparently got them to do it? To me, that makes more sense. Like... How do you do it? How do you stop people from being insensitive assholes when they have the right to be an insensitive asshole? <laughs> like, but at the same time, you got a right, especially when you're in school, you have a right to be able to go to school without being harassed. So, that's one of those things. Like, it's... You shouldn't harass people with a disability. You shouldn't harass anybody, for fuck's sakes. Like, I... If you're going to make fun of somebody... Make fun of your friends. That's the best. That's, really, that's the best advice. Because if they're true friends, they should be able to take it, and you should be able to take the same thing too. Um, yeah, like it's. I don't know. It's. I find that it's just a lot of the stuff going on lately, where you see stories like that, where it's a question of a person's rights, and it's. It's almost like. It's being gauged what people's reactions are to stories. Like realistically, I'm not going to make a big deal about the Human Rights Tribunal thing because it's fucking... It's ridiculous to, to see that even make it that far. Like, nothing will happen. It'll end up being thrown out and the judge will scold him for having bad taste and he'll go on doing his own thing. Which brings up an interesting point. They had a problem with the comedian doing the joke. So, they bring him up in front of a human rights tribunal. He pays for his lawyers or whatever. This mediocre, mid-level, whatever you want to call him, comedian. Some of his bits are funny, but some of them aren't. He just, like I said, he's just shock value. He gets all this fucking exposure now. 
and like so does Jeremy Gabriel. A little bit of exposure, they're in the news for a little bit. They kind of both help each other out. It's uh, maybe he'll get a gig singing for somebody. I don't know. Um, I can't see the civil suit going very far with it either. Like they're blaming it one comedian's joke on the decline of somebody's musical career. Do you ever think that when that kid was singing, he hadn't hit puberty yet? And maybe he doesn't. I don't know. I you know what? I don't even. I haven't even seen this kid. I don't know what he. What his voice sounds like, I don't know if he can still sing or not. Maybe he can't sing, maybe he grew out of it. I don't fucking know. There's probably other factors as to why this kid isn't getting work doing what he does anymore. Like, it, it could be anything. And I don't want to come off as somebody that is picking on a person with a disability. Because I'm not really picking on them. I'm just pointing out the, uh, the flawed logic, the holes in their accusations just didn't I don't I don't like that blaming you somebody listen to me I blame the government for everything but I do that because some guys are assholes and I can honestly say that um show me a politician that has done nothing but good for the people who has never benefited from his po like done the typical politician thing benefit when they leave um leave a mess for the next people coming in. Yeah, show me one show me one politician that hasn't done that, and then I'll stop calling politicians assholes. I'll say the majority of politicians are assholes. But right now I'm gonna say politicians are assholes. And that's yeah. I'm gonna stick firm to that. Them guys are assholes. It's uh, just uh I didn't even want to talk about politics. And here I am stuck on it again. Yeah. Um you know what? I did 20-some minutes. Yeah, fuck it. That's enough. I'm not going to get into the politics stuff tonight. No. We'll work on a podcast for next week. And, uh... Yeah. I could talk more about my animals next week. Woohoo! No, I will say this before I go. I'll take a moment to pay tribute to some of the victims of my of our pets since we since they have been growing in our home growing with us um, first I'd like to say goodbye to the remote that came with our TV it lasted so long and then puppy Jensen came along and totally bit your buttons off and then there was universal remote number two number one you did okay for a couple days until someone just left you on the table and now you're gone. You were replaced by Universal Remote Number 2. Also, the same deal. You were left on the table. You didn't last too long. Now, Universal Remote Number 3, that guy got some street cred. He knows to get up on the bookshelf when we're not around. There's also the mouse that came with our computer. May you rest in peace. Kind of glad you're gone. You were a crappy mouse anyway. Any mouse that comes with a computer, usually not that good. Especially if it's a wireless mouse. Like this thing, it would barely work within three feet of the computer. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad Jensen took you out. But then there was the, uh, the backup mouse. 
you, that mouse was pretty old, the little pink little buddy. She was around for quite a while. She was always the fill-in mouse. And, uh, yeah, she lasted a couple days. I'm going to say a week. She lasted... I'll be generous and say little pink mouse lasted about a week. And then she felt the wrath of Jensen. But your, your replacement little pink mouse, that's a tough mouse. He's been winged a little bit. Like he kind of wobbles now when he's sitting on the table because Jensen got him. But yeah, I can see him lasting a little while. If I file down some of the big chunks of plastic that Jensen has chewed through him. Yeah. And there's the hole in the kitchen wall. Lucy. Lucy, Lucy. You done so well. Uh, yeah, you know what? The list is way too long to pay to uh, pay respects to things that the, uh, the dogs have gotten to in the house. Uh, yeah, they're assholes, but I still love them. And the cat, too. That god darn junkie. I pray for her every night. Well, everybody, have a good week. Um, kind of weird sitting here in a room doing a podcast all by myself. I kind of like doing it in the shed much better. So, yeah, hopefully next week the weather's a little better. And we can get out there and do that then. Out in the shed. Hopefully. Hopefully. Oh, you know what's great? Now that, no, I don't know. It's too early to move them yet. I got a freeloader in the shed, and I don't know if I mentioned it before on my podcast or not. Uh, there's a metal bookcase, and there's this mouse that's been living in it. He's been hibernating in there. And uh, <laughs> the other night, I opened up the door. When I first discovered him, I was cleaning out the shed. And he does this kind of like, he lifts up his head, and he's like kind of half asleep. <laughs> he's looking at me like, what are you doing? So I'm going to be a nice guy and let him live live there until the springtime and until it warms up. I'm not going to relocate him out of there. So, yeah. That's another example of my level of procrastination. I can't do that. There's a mouse living in there. I gotta wait for him. And you know what? That's a... That's a sign of just getting older. <laughs> like, before I would have gave two fucks about that mouse. But now... Yeah, I just, I don't know. They got it rough. So why not? If you can give them a break, give them a break. They, like, they're they like the bottom of the food chain. They eat stuff that doesn't eat anything. So, like, you imagine going outside. Going outside from that shit. Every time is a fucking adventure for that guy. You know, he, he wouldn't know what's going to happen to him. So, I'm not going to do it to him when it's below zero. Let him have some nice warm weather so at least he can have a hole to run into. Anyway, there's another example that I am not a sociopath. I'm thinking of that little mouse. Have a great week, everybody. And we will hopefully be back in the shed. See ya!